first and foremost, I want to acknowledge that I am a white settler in Mi'kma'ki, the ancestral enunciated territory of the Mi'kmaq people for millennia. The indigenous people have taught me many, many things, including supporting my own relationship with the land. Um, for folks who know me a little bit more, um, I am a very earth-centered person, and a lot of this comes from indigenous teachings. I'm so privileged to live, raise my child, and produce, record, and distribute Groovin on this land. And with this privilege, I really hope that Groovin can be a part of the learning and unlearning process. I feel like every time I try to sit down and do an episode, I'm always drinking a cup of tea to calm my nerves. I get nervous. I do. I feel like when I was recording my last show, I <laughs> I feel like I just was always like bouncing off of someone else. And this is the first time I've actually had to like talk to myself. And that is such a weird feeling. Any like podcasters that are tuning in or any like musicians or people that do like re- online recordings and stuff will know what I mean, where it feels like very dysphoric. Like, it feels so weird. <laughs> um. But anyways, my name is Kylie White. Welcome back to Groovin'. Uh, I'm really excited to record this episode. I feel like this episode is definitely a lot more personal um, and it kind of tells a little bit of the story of how how Groovin' came to be, but also like how like I came to be in this in this space in my life. And when I was going to do this episode, I was talking to a friend of mine who does super, who is super cool and does a really cool, really good job with podcasting and software and production. And I was telling him, I was like, I think my second episode, I really want to tell like a little bit about me and like who I am and how um, kind of grooving came to be and how it plays a role in my life. And he was like, tell a story. And I was like, um, I feel like, like, what do you mean? Like, I feel like there's so many stories of my life that kind of play a part of, of where I came to be. Like I could talk about my childhood and I could talk about my experience at, you know, the Nova Scotia Community College, or I could talk about my experience in university and I could talk about this and I could talk about that. And I, I felt like so almost like overwhelmed because I felt like there's so many stories that about my life and pieces of my life that are so important that really play a role in how this show kind of came to be. And so I sat with it for like a week. I was like, okay, where do I go from here? How do I tell one simple scenario? And how do I how do I concise make it concise in a way that it's understand people understand what I'm talking about and people relate to it? And then I was like, oh, I'm overthinking this. I am living in the pits of my perfectionism right now, and I just need to fucking wing it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm winging it. I didn't write notes for this episode. I'm just going with it. And so, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> hope it turns out, but I'm winging it. I think I there's a story that keeps popping up that I really want to tell, but I think there's definitely some there's kind of a background to it. And so, I guess we're going to start there. 
So I grew up in Toronto, Nova Scotia. And this space is, today it's very special to me. Um, but growing up, I hated it. And I've been very honest about that in so many different capacities that I really hated growing up in this in this rural space because I didn't feel a sense of community for a very long time. So I was a youth with undiagnosed ADHD um, and anxiety. And I grew up actually right outside of Truro. So transportation to getting into the main like main space of our town was very challenging and it still is very challenging. I could rant about it forever because there still is no bus system. There isn't a lot of access to transportation, especially for folks that, you know, live a half an hour outside of the skirts of this town. And um, it makes, you know, getting access to care very challenging. And this was like 10 years ago and we're still seeing that today. And so I, you know, definitely fell victim to that where transportation was really challenging for me. And I, I definitely got involved with a lot of like school activities growing up. Um, I did cheerleading and I did like the plays and things like that. But I was really, really struggling with my dyslexia as well, um, ADHD and anxiety. And I didn't know where to put that energy. And so I went like kind of like reflecting back on like most of my childhood, like I spent a lot of time really, I would sing in my bedroom and dance in my bedroom, but I also really spent a lot of time like watching TV and kind of like hiding away from the feelings that I was feeling and really distracted myself in so many ways. And, you know, I'm connecting so much with my inner child right now. I'm in therapy. Obviously, everyone should be in therapy. I will say it once. I will say it again. Um, and I'm doing a lot of inner child work and I'm, I'm really connecting with that version of myself and how lonely she felt. And that's nothing to do with, you know, my parents. My parents definitely did the best they could with the resources they have and had. And I'm so grateful for them today. But I think it really, a lot of it does really come to that rural community sense where I really felt alone in so many ways. And so then I ended up, I grew up, I, I ended up going to the local high school there um, and the high school there really struggled, struggled and struggles with supporting their students so this you know this space is it's huge this high school is massive and because it, it kind of like caters to like all these surrounding communities I was just talking about that are half an hour away um, and so they have students coming in from 35 45 minutes away coming to the school and you know they definitely don't have the resources to hold the amount of students that they have and I will scream that from the top from the rooftops because it really affected me as an individual and has affected so many people. And so my experience in that space was not good and not healthy. And like many youth in this community fell into substance use and kind of lived there for a while. And some of us got out of that, um, and some of us didn't. 
Some of us are no longer with us. And I think those pieces that I experienced, you know, even in my first couple of years of college, because I stayed in that town, um, they destroyed me in so many ways, but they also really made me who I am today. And so let's jump forward a little bit. So I went to school. I went to the Nova Scotia Community College, which I love. And I really appreciate everything that they did for me, um, which is a story for another day. Then I did my undergraduate. And in my undergraduate, I actually started dating my husband, which is very cool. Um, and yeah, we started dating and he has a little one. And um, I started raising this little boy. And he definitely changed my life in so many ways. So I ended up moving to Halifax to do my undergraduate and I stuck around there for a long time um, and really was able to grasp a sense of community in a way that definitely felt safe for me, but it didn't necessarily cater to exactly what I was looking for. And I think it, it definitely came from the, that space of, of really missing that in my childhood and really missing that in my adulthood. Um, and so we were living in Halifax and then COVID happened. <laughs> Every time I say COVID happened, people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I can imagine. Um, which was super shitty. Ugh, COVID sucked. Anyways, um, and then we've seen, you know, massive um, changes within kind of our, our own housing situation. And this was incredibly, incredibly challenging for us. Um, we had a dog um, <clears throat> and a son and um, us. And we were like, what are we going to do? Like, where are we going to go? Because everywhere we were looking with NHRM, the, the prices were just mind boggling for us in the state that we were in. I was also, you know, starting my master's. I was in school and it just became so challenging for us to stay in that part of Nova Scotia. So we ended up moving back to, to Truro. I almost said to Halifax. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> we ended up moving back to Truro. And I was so fucking mad at the world when I moved back to Truro. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to remember anything that happened there. I was like completely separated from that version of myself at this point in my at this point in my life. And I was like, fuck this. We will be here for six months tops because we have to. And we will just continue to look for another place in, in Halifax. And at this time, I was living um, on my grandmother's land. So we were living there. And I had to pour this energy into something. I was so mad at my own community that, and I fe it feels so privileged even saying that, I was so mad at my community when I hold the amount of privilege that I hold, but I was so angry with it. I was so pissed off that I felt so lonely in such a beautiful, a beautiful space on the earth. And 
that's when me and a friend of mine started developing the podcast, Find Your Groove. And it really was a way to figure out how this community was supporting its people and how it was not. And that project was just so special to me. And every time I think of it, my heart kind of hurts a little bit because it feels like I, I just poured my soul into that space. And when it ended, and it had to end, don't get me wrong, it had to end. When it ended, I, I, I felt like, you know, that podcast really allowed me to reconnect with my community. And it forced me to go into, go back into community spaces and it forced me to connect with people and it forced me to go into the mall and it forced me to check out the cool stores that were nearby and it forced me to sit down with people in my community and talk about the ways in which that we are navigating, supporting our people. And it just blossomed in me that that feeling of of community and that feeling of togetherness and the feeling that I was no longer alone in that space and it I'm just so grateful for that experience that that show had on my life and so when it ended I I kind of went through an identity crisis I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like, like I, I, I laugh about it, but when the show ended, because it was so special to me and so much of myself, my inner child was just embedded in that space. Like I had like a full identity crisis. Like I cried for weeks about the show ending and, and I didn't know where to go. I was like, what the fuck? Where do I do now? Like, I just, I loved that community piece. And I loved that, that kind of space where we're able to connect with people and find out like, what are the ways that people are feeling well? Like, what is inspiring care for ourselves? Like, where is that all coming from? And care for our community? Like, what, like, what is that? Like, let's dive into that. And I would love to sit here and say that I came up with this idea on my own and that's not true I came up with this because of the people in my community and the ways in which that they inspire me and the ways in which that they see the gaps in our society and they advocate to fill them and how they move through the world with such grace and and that they truly are passionate about their neighbors. And I think, you know, when I was when I was a child and when I was younger, that wasn't a reality for me because of that disconnect, because of the transportation piece and and being very I was young, you know, like I wasn't in those spaces in the same way that I am now. And, you know, people will say to me like, oh, Kylie, like, are you still passionate about working with youth? And I would say, of course I am. But 
I'm way too connected to that now. I'm way too invested in the inner version of myself to work with youth right now. But that doesn't mean I don't want to build community. And that doesn't mean that I don't feel connected to all of the spaces that are advocating for change and and creating a safe net of of care and you know something that I I kind of was talking about the other day was micro communities and I don't even know if that's the right term I don't even know if that's where (laughs) if that's what I'm talking about I just kind of was like yeah they're like tiny ones within one that makes sense um but you know like the uh, there's like a group that um is done at the brewery in Truro and it's called Stitch and Bitch. And I fucking love that. I'm like, I want to sit there with a group of people and do my crochet and I want to bitch about stuff. Like I want to bitch about life and how hard it is sometimes. Like that's what I want to do. And I, and I was, you know, even thinking about, um, these communities that are forming and the rave communities and the, the communities for well-being and the women's groups and I know that there is this really cool group for men right now um within Churro and you know spaces for queer you know really being able to connect with one another and relate to one another and and move mountains with that connection I think when we gather and we put our brains together and we start creating something together I think that that is magical because I don't I don't believe that we can move through this world alone I think we're in a space right now where we are so disconnected from one another and I was listening to um, a podcast recently by Jody Carrington um, and it's called everyone comes from somewhere and she was talking about the disconnection that we're having within our society. And that hit so close to home for me. And I felt like I really wanted to be able to understand how we're able to still connect with each other. Is it in these workshops that our community centers are holding? Is it, is it in our neighborhoods? Is it on the basketball team? Is it, is it, you know, is it in our backyards? Is it at social events? Um, is it within schools and institutions? Like, how are we maintaining these these human to human connections within our modern world? And how are these connections advocating for change and supporting each other and moving through the darkness hand in hand like how is that all working and I feel that I owe a lot of that that passion and that desire and that gut feeling to my hometown and it's funny because if you were to talk to me like four years ago and mentioned my hometown and said, hey, like I hear you're from this place, I would I would just be like, no, like I don't want to talk about it. Like, 
I'm not from there. Like I, I hated it so much. And I don't think I necessarily hated the town. I definitely hated my experiences there. And, and I used that as an excuse for so long that, you know, it's, it's, it's my community. Like I grew up in such a shitty spot, but that's not, that's not necessarily true anymore. I think my experiences were shitty. And I think that, you know, the limited resources, especially growing up in a rural community. And I know a lot of people can relate to this. There isn't a lot of resources when you grow up in a rural space. It's like, you're lucky if you have a community center and you're lucky if you have a corner store and, you know, I just feel like I'm just very grateful, I think is what I'm trying to say, is, you know, I did have those experiences and I, and I feel, I felt very alone for a really long time, um, but I was able to see a glimpse of community within, you know, doing cheerleading and doing the plays and being a part of theater and, and being a part of those, those little tiny spaces, those, those, those micro communities that really mattered to me and really shaped so much of who I am today. And they mean so much as I'm moving forward in this world and as I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to walk this path that I'm on, they, they're so special. And I feel like when I was going to do this episode, I was like, okay, I am just going to tell this story about how I moved to Truro and I didn't want to do it, but now I'm here. <laughs> But I feel like as I'm talking, there's so much more to it. There's so many things that happened within that period that that really shaped who I am as a person, but have also really shaped this show. And, you know, I'm really I'm very, very passionate about um, about the earth and about how we connect with the earth and, and how humans are meant to to have that 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 experience with the ground and I feel like you know the first experiences I had with the earth were in that community were in this community and I remember being a little girl and me and my sister would like pack our backpacks and we had like walkie talkies and like we'd go down into the woods and and hang out there for hours and like play make-believe and and, you know, have fun in that in that space and, you know, that experience and that first kind of that first kind of connection that I had with with the land that raised me. And when I think about that, I think about how beautiful that is. And all of those ideas about, you know, me hating that my hometown and me, me being angry towards my hometown, they kind of just fade away when I think about, about those experiences. And, you know, I've also been, like, very passionate about advocacy work. And a lot of that comes from my dad. 
like I want to say that a lot of it comes from my my hometown and you know the things that were done here but that's not necessarily true um I think that it my advocacy work definitely continues um within this space and and that's very special but my dad is so passionate and so just like driven and so like when he believes in something like he will do everything to convince you that that is right and that that is human and I get and it's so funny because we're so passionate about very polar opposite things and I definitely owe it to him um, for bringing that kind of passion into my home space um, and that really created this part of me and again like that those experiences also happened on this land and also happened in this hometown and um, I really owe so much of myself to this community specifically and I'm really excited to explore the different communities that are also creating that passion and also creating that desire and also allowing folks to care for themselves and, and caring for each other and, and and really caring for this land that we are on. And I'm just really excited. And when I get talking about it, I feel like I could talk about this forever because I just, I feel like community is such a powerful thing that I really want to incorporate into this show. And that's my story for today. That's the story that I have. And I don't know if it sounds good or if it's perfect. And I'm trying to leave my perfectionism at the door, which is a story for another day. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this week's solo episode of Groovin'. And I hope you stick around and let me know in the comments, like what type of communities have really changed your life and what have they taught you and what did they bring you today? I'm very curious. I, I think that, uh, yeah, so special. Okay. Anyways, see you later. Have the best day possible. <laughs>